People deluded, I'm back again. Thank you very much for tuning back into another edition of the DG podcast, of the deluded podcast, whatever you want to refer to it as. I'm just happy you're back, to be fair with you. Like I said, thank you very much for tuning in, and I really appreciate you guys, however you're listening to this. You know, my, my podcast is only on Spotify, Apple, Google, and Anchor, etc. So big up to you lot. Make sure you keep following me across those platforms. Make sure you're following me on Twitch. Make sure you're following me on youtube all links are in the descriptions twitch if it because some people say the link works and it doesn't um you know deluded guna 187 it wouldn't let me have an arsenal reference so i went for the 187 for the culture apologies people i've just kicked a bottle but yeah you know in terms of arsenal you know we won in the europa league it's the only place we can win at the moment manchester united went crashing out of the champions league along with inter milan and conte seems to struggle to get past the group stages karen benzema saved real madrid you all saw the neymar show against psg obviously it was marred by racial incidences which i've covered in a video don't really want to go against it again jeremy doku did all, pardon me did all right yeah man if i haven't mentioned it neighbor did his tick as well you know manchester city you know ferran torres got on the score sheet liverpool played a young xi and they still took care of business you know cristiano ronaldo reigns supreme at the new York camp and, and puts more pressure once again if they didn't hear me in the back manchester united are out of the champions league and join us in europa you know spurs good free kick from bell in the build-up to vicinius his goal um you know spurs leicester arsenal we're, we're through to the next round. We can't complain. Obviously, Liverpool and Chelsea in relation... Liverpool, Chelsea, Man City in relation to the Champions League are there as well. Um, only Man United have failed to do their jobs. But the good thing is they're still in Europe. They're still in Europe. So let's jump straight into the to the Champions League, people. I think that's, that's the bread and butter. Let's go and assess what happened, people. As you, lot, as you lot know, it's game week six. There isn't too much for these teams to play for, really and really and truly, people. Um, so, yeah, where should we start? Should we start off? What game should we start off with? Let's start with Borussia Dortmund against Zenit St. Petersburg. You saw Axel Witzel and Piszczek obviously strike in the second half to obviously come back from behind for Dortmund. Obviously, Makoko got some minutes as well and he's probably hit some stats for the youngest player and all of that sort of stuff. Jaden Sanjo came off the bench. You know, Dortmund won't care they're through, but they did make it harder than it needed to be. Lazio versus Club Rouge was quite the game. You know, 2-2, it had a red card for Club Rouge. I think Immobile played very well and he obviously scored. I'm sure um, um, Lazio fans won't be happy. At a point, they were 2-0 up. They were 2-0 up within the first half an hour, really. And well, you know, they weren't 2-0 up. They were 2-1 ahead. They, had, they held on to the lead and then they let, let it go, what, 15 minutes or so from time. Again... Nobody wants to do that. The game of the of the the highlight for me, if I had to say from a neutral who's not involved in any Champions League capacity, I'd say I really enjoyed PSG for the Neymar show. And I also enjoyed Barcelona versus Juventus. Now 3-0 to Juventus. You know, McKenny scored a decent little volley. Cristiano Ronaldo got two penalties. You know, penalties and Ronaldo goes hands in hands. Messi flattered to deceive along with his teammates. And although Barcelona had 19 shots, 7 on target and 60% possession and four, 709 to the 481 Juventus passes, you know, all that matters is the three points and the scoreline. So there's nothing more to be said in that front and it continues the woeful form that individual players are in and also 
Ronald Koeman, you know, Barcelona, they started some young players. They went with Traquillo and they went with Pedri, you know, Bar um, Ju Juventus went with a five-man midfield like you saw. I think Cuadrado looked decent and I think Morata put himself around, you know, but it, it was just silly mistakes, really, for, for, for Barcelona. And, you know, I don't think it's going to last for Ronald Koeman, personally. I don't think he's the guy, but it is what it is. I won't say it's a dead rubber because they're playing for pride, but, you know, both teams were through. In relation to Chelsea, you know, they drew 1-1 with Konzonsdor, the Russian the Russian side. You know, Billy Gilmore got a start. He's been injured and he's someone that I know the Chelsea fans like. And you had, obviously, Adjurin in that left sort of playmaker role as a part of the front three. So, you know, that shows young players. They, I guess that Lampard is still looking at Cobham. He's still looking to young players to get opportunities. So, if you, do your, if you work hard, things can happen for you. Jorginho scored a penalty in the 28th minute to equalise and... That was it, really, from Chelsea and Chelsea's perspective. Highlight as well would be the Leipzig-Manchester United game. I mean, you saw Leipzig. They took a very a very early lead, people. A very, uh, a very early lead. Um... And, and whatnot, they played quite. They played quite well. I'm sure Angelino scored. People, I swear Angelino scored. Why is it this Alan Angelino's thing? I'm sure Angelino scored in this game, people. But either way, you know, I'm sure Angelino scored within the first two minutes of this game. Um, obviously, you had Hadaro, who put them 2-0 up. Um, you know, at a point, they were winning 3-0 before a little late fight back with a Bruno Fernandes penalty. Um, obviously, Canute's unlucky to have the goal, the own goal marked on him, but Pogba came on, done the little header, it cannoned off Maguire and cannoned off him. You know, it was a woeful performance from Manchester United. You know, Man United at a point only needed a point from their next two games and they've messed it up. So ultimately beating PSG and smacking up Leipzig at home, it counts for nothing, people. And in relation to Man United, you know, in the league, they're doing, they're getting three points on the board, but I'm sure most Man United fans can see results are flattering to deceive, especially away from home. Um, and we all know Ole Gunnar Solskjaer isn't the guy. And with that, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has lost six of his 10 UEFA Champions League matches as a manager, winning four. He's the first manager to lose six or more times in their first 10 in the competition while in charge of an English side. So he is making history for Man United, just not in the right way. Manchester United exited at the group stage in a Champions League campaign for the first time since 2015-16 under Louis van Gaal, people. Um, with I'm sure that year, did Jose Mourinho not know? What? Because Jose Mourinho won the Europa League, so I'm not, how does that stat work? Did he take over midway through? I'm sure he didn't because they got rid of Louis van Gaal after the FA Cup, so I'm not too sure of that stat courtesy of Opta. Um, to be fair, to be fair. In fact, no, I'm lying because Man United, yeah, yeah, they're right. Man United were in the group stages already in that regard, so again, I'm wrong on that. Apologies, but either way, you know, it's negative history for Man United. They're a team that used to be expected to win the Champions League. Nobody's looking at them to do such now. Manchester United have conceded three plus goals in consecutive Champions League games for the first time since April 2003, and I'm sure fans won't be happy with that. Going back to the Barcelona game very, very quickly, people, because I there were some statistics I failed to, to miss out. And um, Barca were 2-0 down after 20 minutes. That's the earliest they've been, plus two goals down in the Champions League home game and overall since 2005 against Chelsea. Juventus have won 10 of their last 11 Champions League group stage games, while only Chelsea have scored more away from home in the competition this season then Juventus. Chelsea have 10, Juventus have 9. It's the first time Barcelona fell to top the Champions League group since 2006-2007 when they were eliminated um, in the last round of 16 by Liverpool. So make of that what you will. Obviously, there's a lot of talk in relation 
to Lionel Messi's future. I also forgot some Chelsea stats. Chelsea have remained unbeaten in six Champions League games, drawing two and winning four. Their longest run without defeat since September 2015. Chelsea finished the group stage with a haul of 14 points, which is their highest tally at this stage in the competition since 2014-2015, which um, I believe was also 14 points. So make of that what you will. Dynamo Kiev beat Ferenc Carvos in the other Juventus group, a goal to nil. Um, you saw the Rens game. I think Jeremy Doku had a good performance and he obviously had the young Rutter come on for Rens in the 86th minute and score. It was a good goal from Jules Conde of Seville. And obviously you had two goals from Enesri. I cannot say his name. Forgive me for mispronunciation, people. Seville might be dark horses and people to be feared of um, because Juvent Seville have not lost their final group stage game in the history of the competition. Um, with that being said, Seville are unbeaten in their last six Champions League away games and have won more consecutive games on the road in the competition for the first time since October 2009. And, you know, like they showed at Old Trafford a couple of seasons ago, was it last year? You've got to be careful of Seville. So, they could be dark horses. Michelin and Liverpool drew. You know, Mohamed Salah scored in the first minute. And I believe he's now Liverpool's record goal scorer in the competition, which, you know, he's crazy. A lot of people don't want to give Mo Salah his, his, his props. The man is a crazy player. He's a Liverpool legend. He's a Premier League hallmark already, you know. Liverpool rotated their team and, you know, they did score... A, a, a decent goal but they were kind of up against it you know they had seven shots and four on target compared to the 20 odd that Michelin had um, and obviously Liverpool played a young side you saw Reese Williams get some minutes you saw Clarkson you know Leighton Clarkson who's been playing quite well for their academy get a little get some minutes as well you obviously you obviously had rotated players like Origi and Tamukas and things like that like the only first team as you saw was Trent Alexander-Arnold and Fabinho really well to be fair they did have about four or five First, real first teamers in Trent, Fabinho, Yota, and Salah. Obviously, Keita and Origi, they're part of the squad as well. Um, no injuries from, 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 from Liverpool's perspective. You know, young players got opportunities. Um, you know, Liverpool, I didn't think Klopp would, would make the subs he made. I must admit, watching the game, I, I didn't expect to see Firmino, Mane, Henderson and Robertson. Um, would have fought a couple of the young players. Would have thought he would have tried to give people the day off, but... Klopp knows his team better than mine. You know, he knows what they need better than me. So it is what it is in that regards, people. Moving away from that and my Google has Google has decided to freeze people. So I actually cannot see the rest of my Google sheet doc, Google doc sheet where I'm <laughs> got my little notes and whatnot, which is quite jarring. Oh, and we're back. You know, you all saw PSG, you know, defeated Istanbul five goals to one. Neymar got a hat-trick, fantastic hat-trick. He even gave a penalty when he could have got his hat-trick outright to killing Mbappe. Mbappe struck twice before Topal. Obviously, Topal saved a bit of face and got a one goal in. Obviously, this game was replayed again. I know you all saw the racial incidences with the fourth official, um, you know. Again, can UEFA send their individuals on self-awareness courses? Because some people are saying Negro is the word in Romanian. It might very well be. But, you know, in this day and age, surely there you should work on other ways of employing staff who can identify players. Surely there's other ways to identify someone than the colour of their skin. Because you can say it's racist. You can say it's not. I think it, it's deep embedded in racism. But, you know, the matter of the fact is if he doesn't say this, if he identifies the first and foremost web holder is one of the coaches of Istanbul properly in another in another manner, he this isn't a story. So, again, self-awareness. 
And are you UEFA going to do anything? No, they're not. But like I said, man, it was a fantastic performance from Neymar and Mbappe. And I'm sure you're keen, everyone's keen to see what happens in the latter stages of the Champions League. Atlanta defeated Ajax a goal to nil. Um, you know, Gravenbetch was sent off. And obviously, Morale, Luis Morial struck in the eight, 85th minute to snatch all three points for Atlanta. And with that, Atlanta qualified for the knockout stages, people. And it sends Ajax into the Europa League, as you lot know already. And, you know, Ajax is, can look back with pride, but they have made it harder than it needed to be. Atletico Madrid defeated Salzburg 2-0. You know, Hamoso and Carrasco got on the score sheet. Atletico have progressed from the group stage in seven of their last eight UEFA Champions League campaigns, people, which tells you what they want. They're also unbeaten in their last 14 UEFA Champions League games when they've scored the first goal, winning 11 and drawing three. As you'd expect from a Diego Simeone side, they're well-engined unit and they can hold on to leads. Salzburg have only won one home game across the three Across their three UEFA Champions League campaigns, losing five and drawing three. Their long victory came in September 2019 against Gent, which was 6-2. And also, it was a Harlan hat-trick, obviously, on his debut. And, you know, they've got some decent young players. Shabozla and Kerim Adeyemi would be two players I'd be looking at if I was European clubs. But they did what they needed to do. It's boring talking about Bayern Munich because unlike all the other top clubs in the Champions League, they're just doing their job really and truly. Um, you know, they won 2-0. Chupa Moting scored. How Chupa Moting's been able to play for Bayern Munich and PSG, I don't know. Shout out to his agent. But alongside Manchester City, Bayern Munich have qualified for the UEFA Champions League group stages with more points than any other side in this season's competition. Um, you know... Only Real Madrid have qualified for the knockout stages of the UEFA Champions League in more consecutive campaigns in which they've participated in than Bayern Munich, which shows their consistency. For Lokomotiv Moscow, they have exited the UEFA Champions League, finishing bottom of the group for a third successive year. So again, pride must be on the floor. Um, Real Madrid, you know, I keep saying Benzema is very underrated. You know, people don't want to give him his flowers. Real Madrid were staring down the barrel of Europa League and probably Zidane would have had to hand in his resignation on the same day but in the 31st and before that in the ninth minute Real Madrid's number nine you know scored um scored two headers and cemented his team's victory against Gladbach and takes them through in the group people um it's been a good group I think this has been the most enjoyable collective group I think Inter Milan are bottom you know they were poor but you had Inter I think Shakhtar the next are very unlucky to go into the um, Europa League they've played well Gladbach stood up to be counted and obviously the quality of players that Real Madrid had paid off in the end and with that Real Madrid have now progressed from all 29 of their Champions League group stages um the most of any side in the competition Gladbach have progressed to the UA for knockout stages for the very first time and it's also their third participation in it so again shout out to the Gladbach players because they've achieved a little bit of history Real Madrid topped Group B with 10 points before 2021 season the last side to top the UA for Champions League group having finished with no more than 10 points were both Applewell and Inter Milan um, in 2011-12 so make of that what you will people and um, yeah man Benzema clutch you know very clutch individual um where else have we got you got Manchester City against Marseille you know Ferran Torres Sergio Aguero only got a couple of you know only only been playing a couple of times this whole year and he managed to get a goal and obviously an own goal cemented the 3-0 victory against Marseille Marseille have been a bit woeful in this competition and they've actually away from home they're arguably worse than what I've seen this season 
They've lost eight consecutive UEFA Champions League away games, people. That stretches back to 2012. Um, Manchester City have conceded just one goal in the in the group stages this season, which is the joint fewest by any side in the single group stage in the competition and the fewest by an English side in the group stage since 2010-2011, which Manchester United did that. Obviously, as you know, Manchester City finished top of Group C with 16 points. You know, big up to Raheem Sterling, Sergio Aguero, Ferran Torres for doing what they need to do, you know. I don't know if that's Sterling's goal, if it's an own goal, but it is what it is. Inter Milan, you know, it's been a woeful campaign for them. They drew nil-nil and they go crashing out. They're not even participating in the Europa. And I guess there's serious question marks over over Antonio Conte. And I mean, Lukaku could have scored. Alexis Sanchez laid it on the plate and he somehow managed to, managed to mess it up really and truly. Um, so, yeah, man. You know, Inter Milan have now been eliminated from the group stage in each of the last three UEFA Champions League participations. Before this, they only failed to progress from one of their first 12 group stages in the competition. Inter Milan finished their group with just six points, which is their lowest ever total in the Champions League group. And they're also finishing bottom for the very first time. So again, it's not good for Conte. And I haven't got it to hand, but Conte's own participation in the latter stages of the Champions League further adds to it being poor. Shakhtar, who I felt were unlucky, you know, they've been eliminated from the group in 11 of their 15 UEFA Champions League campaigns, including each of the last three. I thought they were unlucky this year. Obviously, they weren't expected. They, they probably finished where they expected, but I think they gave a good account of themselves. You had Olympiacos losing, you know, they had a man sent off and they lost 2-0 to Porto. Um, I'm sure Porto won't care about that, to be fair with you. Um, Porto registered their first away win against Olympiacos in the Champions League, you know. Um, they lost the previous three times. Um so make of make of make of that what you will. Um, you know, Porto close out Group C as well, so they're also into the latter stages. Um, you know, Olympiacos will be in the Europa League, so it is what it is. That's all there is in relation to the Champions League, people. Should we move on to the better competition, which is the Europa? Now you saw Bale take a free kick and Vecinius Junior score. You saw, you know, Deli Ali quite aggrieved, you know. Balogun for Arsenal done his thing. Um Hayland really, you know, um, we did make the game harder than it needs to be. I did think there were, Arsenal was too open in midfield, people. A bit too open. But Halen made the difference. I really hope Balogun signs a new deal. He needs to sign a new deal or we're in problems. Especially because you're letting money walk out the door. El Nene doesn't score more, but he gave, he scored a banger. You know, I didn't think Joe Willock had a good game, but he scored. Eddie got a softer score in. And, you know, Flores and Hoare... At least for Don for Horore or whatever his name is, for Dundalk gave them some bit something to to go home about, you know, something with credibility. I felt Dundalk gave a good account of themselves. I think they tried to move the ball well. I think they did move it well. I think they showed they could get forward. Um and do a thing. I felt you just saw the golf in class because sometimes they were getting caught playing out from the back and they were engineering their own mistakes. I'm not happy with the two goals we've conceded. I've, I've, I've said in the last two reviews of the Europa League prior to this, Runnison in goal is concerning me. And again, we're hoping to God Leno never gets injured or we're looking at him a bit shaky, in my humble opinion. And it's concerning that apparently an Arsenal coach recommended him. So is that a coach that has our best interests in heart? I'm not too sure. He looks like a year seven in goal. You just never get the vibe that he's a good goalkeeper maybe that's why Arteta was trying to play him Leno from the start um, and for me as well you know I, I was like I said I was disappointed with the two goals the first one you know I believe Joe Willock's there Maitland Niles is there the throw in nobody presses them 
El Nene suckered towards the ball and he's, you know, he's ball watching. So he's out of position when the man who received it gets it. I think Pablo Marie's out of position and they get the run on him. And I feel ultimately the keeper should have done better. The second goal, again, dead ball scenario, poor marking, but the keeper again should be doing better. I think I think our second choice keeper will do lucky to play football in League One. But as I said, you know, for Arsenal, you know, it's six wins from six, maximum points, tops the group. Once again, Halen comes on and makes the difference. UEFA Europa League has been where Arsenal fans have had anything close to joy, so it was decent. Hopefully, the likes of El Nene, for me, Smith Rowe, who played very well, Maitland Niles, who worked very well down the left hand side with Smith Rowe, hopefully, they played themselves into contention. And I want to see that. I'm not saying Balogun should start, but I think Balogun should be involved in the Premier League squad. We've got strikers not scoring, we've got a weak bench. Why not give a young player, 19 year old, with a point to prove? You know, whether he wants a new deal here wants to move on just wants to advance as a pro you know and he gives us something again fans need to be careful because you don't know what you're getting going to get in 10 games they always hype players and you know and then kill them by the same energy they gave i love i think Balogun could help us you know he's a breath of fresh air he's got a point to prove hold up players there movements there general plays there can play with his back to goal ultimately he can score goals as well down to him to prove it in the top level but he'd be on the bench for me maitland you know cedric is a bit irrelevant but cedric played all right so I'm looking at it now as Bellerin got slaughtered against Spurs like he has done against any decent out-and-out attacking side or an out-and-out attacking player. Cedric's played well. Maitland-Niles has played well. Two people that, yeah, they can both play left-back, Maitland-Niles yesterday. But you're looking at it, can we put pressure on Bellerin's spot? Because they must be training well. Arteta doesn't play, pick people if you don't train well. And they've played well. Bellerin isn't playing well. So again, unless it's just picking favourites and whatnot, there's no logical reason for Bellerin to start. There's three players um, fighting for that right-back spot and nobody sees it. But it feels like only one player gets a chance. And I know Arteta comes out and speaks about uh, everyone's played their way into contention. But it's like, Nelson last week you know I thought Nelson would get a start in in the in the in the Spurs game I thought Maitland Niles he might not start in midfield but at least right back and I think more of the same you know I think with El Nene getting 60 minutes that's probably in mind of him starting against Burnley but at the same time you know he's probably not gonna start for me I'd go with Ceballos and El Nene it's probably gonna be it's probably gonna be Xhaka and El Nene and we all know why that shouldn't happen again I just want to see pressure on spots, but what what can I say? I can't I can't complain. You know, two cheap goals, but again, can't say I've seen Arsenal score four goals in the league too, league too many times. We did what we needed to do. You know, I think Smith Rowe was good again. He can give us something long term. I think he can play in that eight eight and a half. I think right now he can do a job as a sort of that Grealish sort of thing, that inside sort of playmaker sort of thing. I think he can do that. He can give us something. I think Pepe was poor, very poor. Um. I think Chambers and, and Mustafi didn't have too much to do and the goals weren't really their fault. They did all right. Really concerned with Runison. I think Marie, you know, he tried to step in and whatnot. I think it was a decent performance all in all. Lovely to see Ben Cottrell and Aziz obviously get their, get some game time and get some minutes and make their official debuts. Obviously, Balogun off the bench to grab a goal and assist. Cannot complain. You know, I'm not going to complain at all. I'm quite happy with that, you know. You can't complain, people. And if I just quickly go to my other Google sheet to give some statistics in relation to the Europa League or or that people, you know me, I never miss a chance to promote to promote this thing. Um, if we look at the Arsenal's attackers across all competitions this season, Balogun's got two goals, one assist in 61 minutes. He hasn't played night for this team. 
You know, in one in one thousand um, and sixteen minutes, you've got Abamian with three goals, one assist. You've got Lacazette with in eight hundred and twenty minutes with four goals. Eddie Nketiah has got five goals in seven hundred and eighty-three games and matches. Sorry, a minutes. Apologies. And to be fair, Eddie's technically our top goal scorer. I swear in all competitions now. Um. And like I said, you look at Balogun's Arsenal career so far, two goals, one assist in 61 minutes. Again, it's Europa League, you've got to discount it a bit, but there's nothing he can, you know, it's nothing to do with him. He can't, you can't begrudge him for that. He's not in charge of, you know, who he plays who he plays against and, and whatnot. Um, with that being said, Balogun is the fifth player to score in, in each of his first two away games for Arsenal in Europe. You know, and again... He's not in bad company with the following names. You've got Liam Brady in October 1978. You've got Ian Wright in March 1994. You've got Gilberto Silva in 2002. And his fellow, his fellow Hale-N graduate, you know, Emil Smith-Rowe in November 2018. Apologies. Is it any coincidence we scored more goals? Because on Thursday, yesterday, we had 16 crosses, 4 goals. Um... And we didn't score any from crosses. Sunday last week, like against, like the following Sunday, well, fair play, you know, Gabriel did score from Williams. But, you know, on Sunday we had 44 crosses. So maybe there's something. And we all know the bulk of the reason we play better in the Champions League or Arsenal play better in the Europa League. Apologies, I wish it was champs. It's because there's no real pressure and there's a difference in class with the opposition. You know, when you're playing competent individuals that want to win, we struggle with that. Um... Balogun now has more goal involvements under Mikel Arteta than Mesut Ozil. Eddie Nketiah um, scores from about 12 yards out, as you lot know. That's the longest distance he has ever scored for Arsenal. So we all know the bulk of his goals is fox-in-the-box sort of stuff. Big up to Eddie Nketiah, big up to Balogun and the rest of Haylen. You know, Miguel Aziz became the eighth. 877th player at the time to represent Arsenal. Ben Cottrell became the 876th. Um, Smith, apologies, people. Um, Smith Rowe has created the most chances. Well, with three yesterday. Um, five, only five players now have more goal involvements than Balogun this season in all comps, which shows our issues. Arsenal have scored twice as many goals in the Europa League this season. From six games, we've got 20, as we have in the Premier League. Ten goals, in, ten goals in eleven appearances in eleven games. Sorry, which tells you about Arsenal's potential problems, people. And Arteta has said we need to get a move on. We need to start doing a lot better in 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 our domestic form. Let's hope this Europa League form can carry itself. Maybe if you played a couple of players that deserve opportunities in the league, you might see this, people. Um, with that being said, the English teams in Europe this season in the group stage, you've got you know Chelsea, Man City, Liverpool, Arsenal, Spurs, and Leicester all progressed in first place and then you had man united crashing out of the europa league but they progressed to thursday nights and joining us with spurs and and, and arsenal um, in relation to the round of 32 potential teams arsenal could face you've got krasnodor who chelsea just drew with you've got salzburg you've got dynamo kiev olympiakos who crashed us out last year you've got young boys you've got slavia prague you've got benfica you've got granada you've got sasha daddy can't stop drawing you've got braga you've got gabriel's old club in Lille. you've got a potential trip to israel in tel aviv could go to belgium with royal antwerp there's wolfberger ac and there's also red star belgrade so there are some very good teams for arsenal to draw in this competition so you can't take anybody lightly so make of that what you will you had Bayern Leverkusen against Slavia Prague and apparently there was Arsenal you heard before that Arsenal were sending scouts 
to um for, for this game to watch Leon Bailey. So if there was scouts, you know, he grabbed two goals like you saw. Musa Diaby, who I don't think he's developed yet enough, but he's still developing. He struck in, in, in the second half and you had Bilarabi completing the route. 4-0, they go marching through, you know, they did what they needed to do. And then you just look at the standings. Leverkusen are top of their Europa League group. You've got Slavia Prague. You've got Ben Shiva. And you've actually got Patrick Vieira's former club in Nice, Rock bottom csk sofia defeated roma three goals to one in a, in, in a in a shocker you know that csk sofia rock bottom um with five points but at least they ended it on a high roma still go through topping the group people moving away from that standard liege and benfica drew um it was quite a good game based on based on the highlights to be fair with you and to be fair Benfica with that draw they finished behind Rangers who are unbeaten in the group stages this season on you know Rangers on 14 Benfica on 12 standard Liège go crashing out on with four points and to be fair even if they was going to win they were only playing for pride as i said rangers defeated leech poznan 2-0 and they've had a fantastic european campaign psv defeated ac ammonia 4-0 daniel marlin got off got got them off to the start and they finish ahead of granada they pip granada to first place by a point granada are second pacao and az ac ammonia will go out of this competition you also had the sort of youngster Pore score as well, people. Well, he's 21 years of age. He's not really young anymore, but you get the point. And he was an FM legend. Um, you know, you like I said, um, what else? What other competitions? What other fixtures? Apologies. Napoli won 2-0 against Regia. Um, so there isn't anything more in that regard. You obviously, you obviously saw... Spurs win 4-0 against Ludogrits and you had obviously Gareth Bell's fantastic free kick who was then put which was then put in. Um make off that what you apologies people. I'm bugging out. I'm bugging out. I knew these fixtures didn't look right because it's moving stuff. What's going on? The hell is going on here? Apologies, people. I knew Spurs didn't, you know, that Bell free kick didn't happen in that game. Um, apologies. They played Antwerp. I knew that happened. I knew they didn't score. Like I said, LaCelso had a good game for Spurs and he must be pushing for a league start. The seniors capitalised or tapped in from the keeper's spot. I think that game was, you saw, again, Jose, we'll speak about it in a sec, but Jose Mourinho tried to not make it a thing. You saw Garrett, you saw Deli Ali kind of storm off when it became clear he wasn't going to be come on after the five subs were used and that might that's hitting a new low you can't even play your Europa league that means you're not showing something from jose either you're not training well you're not giving him what he wants and he doesn't believe in you and it's, it's quite the fall from grace because there was a time you're picking spurs best lineup Deli Ali was there and it's down to Deli Ali to react because at the end of the day if Deli Ali reacts and plays well it's a good conundrum for Jose which is a better thing for Spurs because he has got ability he can score goals for a late runs from midfield I think what stopped Deli is he's not really developed what is he I've seen him play sort of this inverted left role I've seen him play you know further forward for Spurs there's even been talk of a striker you know at, at, at MK Dons he played a more of an all-rounded role I don't think there's been any development and this is what happens in football you see it a lot it's like what is he you become a jack of all trades master of none and when you see that spurs sign players now with hoiberg doing a job you know son has locked down that left that left wing role you know if bale was fit it might raise even more problems you're out of contention so it's just down to him to react people it was an onslaught from spurs as they had 21 shots people it was ridiculous in that regards from them they win 2-0 on top of their group and um, dynamo zagreb won three goals to one 
You also saw Ludigrets defeated. Ten men Ludigrets um, defeated three goals to one against LASK. Prague were defeated against AC Milan, a goal to nil. Um, like you saw, Club Bruges and Young Boys both had red cards, but Young Boys won 2-1. Napoli and Sociedad, you see how I mentioned earlier Sociedad and draws, they both drew 1-1. You know, Nice lost to Ben Shiva, um, which was quite crazy. Molde and Rapid Vienna in Arsenal's group was 2-2. Pacao and Granada was a 0-0 draw. Um, Hoffenheim, 4-1 against Gent. Celtic 3-2 against Lille. Timothy Weyer came back and it was nice to see him apl applaud the away fans and speak highly of them. Obviously, he spent time on loan there. Tel Aviv defeated Sivospor a goal to nil. Braga won 2-0 against Zora. Wolfsburg won a goal to nil against Feyenoord. Liberic and I believe Red Star drew 0-0. Obviously, you had Leicester City defeating AEK Athens at home. Senji's Unda and Harvey Barnes struck for for Leicester within the first 14 minutes people and Harvey Barnes seems to be quite the prolific scorer in relation to the European competition it was a quick fire double as I stated and I'm sure they're not going to complain they go marching through just looking at some random statistics I've looked at in relation to the Champions League and the Europa League people um Borussia Mönchengladbach Gladbach means there that progression means that there will be four German teams in the UEFA Champions League knockout stages for the first time Obviously, Bayern Munich is the flag bearers, so make of that what you will. So, again, Germany's done quite well, like England. As I said, Karim Benzema is a clutch player. Real Madrid have now progressed as a result of his goals. As a result of his two goals, it now means Real Madrid have now progressed from all 29 of their Champions League group stages, including the second group stage, the most of any side in the competition's history, which it could have went another way. Benzema has become only the fifth player to score 50 goals in the group stages of the UEFA Champions League. Only Lionel Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo, Raul and Ruud van Nistelrooy can talk to him in that regard. So like I said, time to put respect firmly on my guy Karim Benzema's name, without a doubt. Neymar, you saw him grab a hat-trick and again, Neymar, you know, you might not agree with the antics he does in the showbox, but you can't deny he's a world-class player and probably the best in the world, excluding Messi and Ronaldo. He's the first player in history of the U European Cup slash Champions League to score 20 goals for two different clubs, people, PSG and Barcelona, just taking the mick. His hat-trick is his third Champions League hat-trick, also he done so against Celtic in 2013, he also did some, I think, against Red Star in 2018, um, only Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo have scored more hat-tricks in the competition and when you look at the fastest players to reach 40 goals in the Champions League you know you've got a rate Ruud van Nistelrooy he did it in 45 games um, Lionel Messi and Lovandowski did it in 61 Neymar did it in 65 Karim Benzema did it in 67 um You've got to respect them. Manchester City progressed from the Champions League with 16 points, which is the joint most among the English sides in a single group stage in the competition. Arsenal did so in 05-06. Man United in 2007-08. And Spurs also did it in 2017-18. With that, they can Man City, in question, have conceded just one goal in the Champions League group stage this season, which is the joint fewest by any other side in a single group stage in the competition. And as I said, it's the fewest since 2010-11 when Man United done such among spanish players only raul with eight has scored more champions league goals before turning 21 than manchester city's ferran torres who has six and he's level with ces fabregas in that regards 
For Liverpool, you know, you've got to respect Mohamed Salah. He is now, he, ha well, a side note, you know, he has scored as many goals as Cristiano Ronaldo in the Premier League. Well, sorry, let me do that again. Salah has scored as many Premier League goals as Cristiano Ronaldo managed um, in, 60, in 65 fewer games. Ronaldo did it in 84, so you've got to respect him. Obviously, we know Ronaldo was still developing and that, but you get the point. And with that, in, going back to the Champions League, Mohamed Salah's strike, or his goal better yet, was his 22nd in the UEFA Champions League for Liverpool. He has now overtaken Steven Gerrard, who was on 21, to become the Reds' all-time leading European Cup and Champions League scorer. And, you know, he's on 22. You'd back him to make some significant distance on that record in the next couple of years. And who knows who's the next guy to break it? It could be Curtis Jones. It could be some random under-eight years, under-eight academy player at Liverpool that has no clue he's going to follow in the footsteps of these players. And all I'd say is this, you know, whether he's done whether he's done it domestically on the Champions League and and whatnot, claiming both titles. I mean, Mohamed Salah's not doing not doing too bad for a one season wonder. A bit like Harry Kane, they're not doing them one season wonders are proven to be good, you know. So shout out to Mohamed Salah, you can't help but admire him. You know, he also scored Liverpool's quickest ever goal in the Champions League. Obviously, he struck after 55 minutes. Um, Liverpool have earned 13 points from six UEFA Champions League group stage games this season, losing one, drawing one, and winning four. Only in 2008-09 have they earned more in a single group stage in the competition. So job done. They also named their youngest ever starting 11 for a Champions League match, people, um, which was their 20, 128th match in the competition. Uh, average squad age of two, two, um, 24 years of age and 26 days. Um, make of that what you will and also you've got a shout out to billy comito he's obviously become the youngest liverpool's youngest ever player to appear in the champions league people he overtook mickey rocker who was 18 years of age and 150 days you know young billy who made his debut last night was 18 years of age and 25 days old so make of that i'm a big fan of Gravin betch and i think he's done well in the away for champions league but he was sent off he's the youngest player to be sent off in the champions league people um lionel messi had seven shots on target um against juventus 11 in total which is more than any player in the champions league in the champions league game without scoring since 2003 2004 barcelona have conceded two goals in the first 20 minutes of a champions league home game for the first time ever i can't rate ronald Koeman. you know he's had his worst record uh, you know had, had he's had the worst record after 16 games in charge of barcelona since record in 2003 or 4 um to be fair we all know what Raikon went on to do i remember their old coach sitin he won 11 of his first 16 games Kuman has won nine Rijkaard won eight you know Rijkaard's a Champions League winner I'm sure Kuman wants to end up with that but I don't get the vibe big up Makoko as well you know Bayern Munich um, Borussia Dortmund apologies young player he's become the youngest player ever to appear in the Champions League you know um so a good bit of history for him at 16 years of age and 18 days, you know, barely turned 16 and he's already playing in the German league and in the Champions League. When I was 16, I was out here naively handing out CVs with, 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 with in hand to shops thinking they'd call me back. So shows where, you know, what a life he's living. Um, with that, you know, as I've said, Chelsea have won 10 penalties in all competitions this season, which is more than any other Premier League side. And they've scored eight of them level with City. When I look at Liverpool, when I look, no, sorry, when I look at Leicester, when I look at Chelsea, I would have thought United was ahead, but makes sense in terms of penalties. With that and on the topic of Manchester United, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has lost five of his last, of his, sorry, lost five of his nine UEFA Champions League matches as a manager, as stated. No manager has been defeated six or more times in their first 10 games in the comp 
competition while in charge of an English side. You know, Angelino goal against Manchester United is the earliest they've conceded in the Champions League. You know, it was the way they were being popped open was crazy. Wambasaka was shocking. You know, I can't believe he used to be a winger for Crystal Palace. A couple other players hid the usual suspects. Maguire, I don't know what he's on. You know, it's the usual suspects um, in that regard. So make of that what you will. A couple more Champions League stats. I mean, Europa League stats. Spurs have conceded just six goals in their last 12 games in all competitions and kept eight clean sheets. Including qualifiers, Jose Mourinho has won 14 of his 16 home matches in either the UEFA Cup or Europa League, winning all five home matches in the Europa League group stage with Manchester United when he was there in 2017-18 and also in the 2020. 20 slash 21 season currently with Spurs. Leicester have won seven of their 11 home matches in major UEFA competition, losing only one and drawing three, with their only home defeat coming in September 1997 against Atletico Madrid. Senji's Unda has been directly involved in six goals in his last 10 European starts for Leicester City and Roma, four goals, two assists. Carlos Vecinius has been directly involved in six goals in three UEFA Europa League matches at Tottenham Hotspur, three assists and three goals. Harry Kane's been directly involved in 27 goals in 18 appearances for Spurs this season, 14 goals, 13 assists. That's more than he recorded in 34 games last season. Progression. You know... Shout out to Dundalk because Jordan Flores' strike for Dundalk is only the second goal, um, only the second goal Republic of Ireland sides have scored in the last nine UEFA European matches versus English sides. The the other coming for Shamrock Rovers against Spurs in 2011 September of that year. Um, in all competitions, as I said, in all European competition, Roma are un, I mean, Rangers, apologies, are unbeaten in eight matches against Polish teams, um, and they were unbeaten in their group, as I stated earlier. Some more Arsenal propaganda for you. Joel Willock is the first player to register both three goals and three assists in a European campaign for Arsenal since 2016-17 when both Alexis and Meza Ozil did so in the Champions League. Arsenal are the first team to have three English players aged 21 or younger. Balogun, Willock and Eddie scoring a major UEFA European match since Spurs in 1982 where they had Gary Mabbott, Terry Gibson and Gary Brook. Um, Arsenal doing it bigger and better. Mohamed El Nene doesn't score many goals, but all three of his goals for Arsenal have been scored in European competition. One in the Champions League, which is against Barca, and two in the Europa League, with two of those strikes coming from outside the box. You will remember Barcelona and obviously last night. Eddie Nketiah scored his fifth goal for Arsenal this season. He's now Arsenal's top goal scorer in all comps, and I'm sure he's got three and six now. Um... Arsenal are unbeaten in eight major UEFA European matches, drawing two and winning six, which is our longest run since 1995. The Arsenal have never gone nine without a defeat on the road. So again, heading into the knockout stages, you don't want that to be a thing at all. Um, so yeah, man, what a thing that was. Should we look at the Premier League and preview the Premier League? We spent a long time on the away for champ and the away for Champions League and the Europa League. The Premier League kicks off with Leeds against West Ham. West Ham shot themselves in the foot against United. This will be the first meeting between Leeds and West Ham since 2011-12, which was in the Championship. 
West Ham are winless in their last nine meetings with Leeds in all competitions. This is also the first Premier League meeting between the two sides t- since 2003. Leeds have never lost a top flight home game played on a Sunday. And away from home, West Ham have lost their last three Friday Premier League games without scoring a single goal. So make of that what you want. I think that's a good way to kick off the weekend. I'm sure Wolves want to bounce back from a heavy defeat against Liverpool. You know, they've got Aston Villa, two teams which handed it to Arsenal. Wolves have won both Premier League meeting. Wolves won both Premier League meetings last season in this Midlands derby. Um, so we'll have to see. Um, we, we really, we really have to see. Wolves have conceded fewer home goals than, goals than any other team in the Premier League this season, and they've kept eight clean sheets in their last twelve at home. Villa have won three of their last four Premier League away matches. Um, they lost their last one against West Ham. You know, following an unbeaten run of eight Premier League games, Villa have now lost four of their last five in the competition, conceding at least twice in each defeat. So, again, there's reason to be positive for both teams and think they can hurt the opposition. You've got Newcastle against West Brom at Jalbion. You know, you've got West Brom fighting relegation in 19th place. You've got 13th place Newcastle. I'm sure they want to get a win and record a win and see what they can do. Um, you know... Newcastle lost their last meeting with West Brom in 2018-1-0. You know, West Brom are looking to win consecutive away league games against Newcastle for the first time since 1996. You know, for the first time since June, Newcastle are hoping to pick up back-to-back Premier League victories. Um, West Brom, as you know, have conceded the most goals um, and have the highest expected goals against total and have faced the most shots and and had their most shots on, on their goal in the Premier League this season. So we know they can't defend. We know they struggle to score. No team has sk- failed to score in more different Premier League games than West Bromwich Albion this season with six. Um, you know, they netted fi- they netted in five in their first three league games this season. They've netted just three in their last eight. So problems at West Brom and you probably if you're Bielik you're hoping the club at least get some loan signings or some permanent ones in next month in January you know we've got some tasty games in the Premier League for me personally people you know I'm not I was going to save it till last but you've got the Manchester Derby now sixth place Manchester United 19 points against seventh place Manchester City you know United crashing out of the Euro- of the Champions League and heading into the Europa. Question marks over Oli. You know, the last couple of Premier League games, whether they've been at home or not, they've made it harder than it needs to be. And I'm sure fans still haven't been convinced. But, you know, in big games, Man United are dodgy, you know. This is the one thing people probably listen to Oli when he says we're United and all that passion merchant talk. So I think City have to be wary. And City haven't actually been good in, in, good, in big games for me anyways as well. And... And, you know, form goes out the window. It's all about passion and things. But if United do lose, you can't imagine, you know, is that there's a way back for Oli. You know, Manchester City have lost five Premier League away games in 2020, people. Last losing more in a single calendar, in a calendar year in 2015. You know, Manchester United have won a league high 15 points from losing positions this season. So you can never count them out. Just 21% of Manchester United's Premier League points this season have been won in home games, which is their lowest share, is the lowest share in the division. So again, that might, you know, Man United, Old Trafford's firmly not a fortress. You know, you're in problems when Arsenal win there for the first time since 2006. Manchester City have won seven Premier League away games at Old Trafford, more than any other visiting side, with six of their last seven victories um, coming in the previous nine seasons. Manchester United won both Premier League meetings with Manchester City last season, and they last won three in a row in the competition um, between 
November 2008 and April 2010, which is four wins. So again, you know, form goes out the window. You shouldn't write Manchester United off. Everton welcomed Chelsea. You know, Everton started the season well. Now they feel they find themselves in ninth place. Chelsea's being to- spoken about by Jurgen Klopp as the favourites for the Premier League. They're on 22 points. Ch- Spurs are top on 24. Liverpool's on 24. And if you're Chelsea, you're looking at it now. You know, this is the time. I'm so sure Spurs go against Palace. Not sure Liverpool play. You've got a tough game. If you win, you go top and things can get gazy for other teams, really. Carlo Ancelotti will be playing his old team. So I'm sure he'll want to he'll want to to to, to have something to say against against them, you know. And Lampard was had was full of admiration. Everton, as you lot know, have lost their last two Premier League home games against Manchester United and Leeds. They've not lost three in a row at home since March 2016, while Carlo Ancelotti himself hasn't lost three consecutive home games since 2006 with Milan. There was a point they were saying losing consecutive games in general. Now it's changed to home games. Chelsea, you know, have kept a clean sheet in six of their last eight Premier League meetings with Everton. And you're going to have to do that because you're going against an informed Calvert-Lewin and many other players. Everton have won their last two two Premier League home games against Chelsea, last winning three in a row against the Blues between February 2010 and February 2012. So I'm sure they want that to continue. Crystal Palace welcomes Spurs, which again, Spurs, if you want to remain top of the table after smacking up Arsenal last week, you've got to now go and win. You know, Spurs in their last three games against United, against City, sorry, Chelsea and us, fantastic. But it doesn't really count for anything if you go and mess it up against Palace. You know, Palace are actually winless in their last 10 Premier League meetings with Spurs. Spurs have kept a clean sheet in 12 of their last 22 Premier League meetings with Crystal Palace. You know, 20 of Tottenham's last 25 Premier League goals against Palace have been scored in the second half so again this there's little signs there you know crystal palace have hit at least four goals in two of their last four premier league games mess up the clean sheet people you know when it comes to london derbies jose knows what he's doing he's won 40 of his 63 premier league home derbies um however he's winless in his last two london derbies against crystal palace drawing and losing one apiece people so make read into that what you will you've got southampton against sheffield united southampton sit fifth we've got them on wednesday so i'm keen to see what happens you know chris wilder's men can't buy a win they sit one point from 11 games in 20th place so they need to get a win you know there isn't anything more to say in relation to Southampton Fulham you know they did all right in the second half against Manchester City but doing all right in the second half doesn't get you three points they were welcome to London Liverpool and you know Liverpool you can't look anything other than Liverpool none of Fulham's 14 Premier League home games against Liverpool have finished level um Liverpool have won nine Fulham have won five you know, Liverpool have won their last six Premier League meetings with Fulham by an aggregate scoreline of 18-4. to so Liverpool have scored in both halves in each of their last six Premier League meetings with Fulham. Um, Fulham have lost their last six home games um, Premier, in the Premier League played on a Sunday. So make of that what you will. You can't look anything beyond, you know, Liverpool in my humble opinion. You've got Leicester against Brighton. I'm sure Leicester want to get back to showing a bit more consistency in the league. Fourth placed Leicester against 16th placed Brighton. You know, Brighton have won just one of their last eight away games against Leicester in all competitions. Leicester are unbeaten in all six of their Premier League meetings with Brighton. Leicester have lost four of their last six home Premier League games, as many as they lost in their first 23 at the King Power under um, Brendan Rodgers initially. So read into that what you will. 
Best till last, you've got Arsenal versus Burnley, two teams that are really struggling. You've got 15th place Arsenal against 18th place Burnley. Burnley can't buy a win. They can't score goals, so they probably turn into Barcelona. You know, Arsenal have won each of their last nine home meetings with Burnley in all competitions. Only Stoke and Barnsley are on a longer winning run at home against such. Burnley have lost all six of their of their of their away Premier League games against Arsenal, which is their worst losing, 100% losing record away at a single side in the competition. And Arsenal need a win. If we don't win, I'm not going to say it's all doom and gloom because it should be doom and gloom already. And what is going to change? There's not going to be pressure on manager, the players or the board to get them to, to get their act together. Because we were saying these things when we lost to Wolves, to Villa, to Leicester, drawn against Leeds and last week in the North London derby. You know, Arsenal, like I said, you know, they're unbeaten in their last 15 league meetings with Burnley since losing in 1974. Arsenal have lost each of their last three home Premier League games, people. So again, the Emirates isn't a fortress, it's a joke. Get back to winning ways. Arsenal have won just 13 points in their opening 11 Premier League game games this season. As you lot know, that's our worst start to a season since 81-82. And we've lost six of our last nine Premier League games, people, which is our, you know, across nine games, you'd have to go back to 1995 for when we was poor, you know, in April of that year, you know, the, the year and month I was born in. So that tells you how calamity is. So hopefully I'm sitting here on a Monday because there's no Monday night football tomorrow and DG podcast is on a Monday and Friday. I'll be in positive positive spirits people away from that though and speaking about other things you know i'm happy to see raul jimenez is in good spirits and he visited the club's training ground and his teammates for the first time since he had surgery on a fractured skull so it's good to see him in 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 good spirits apparently griezmann has ended his sponsorship deal with um hawaii after claims that the chinese telecom firm was involved in surveillance of muslim Ugras. I can't say the, the ethnic name and I apologise. I mean, no disrespect. As you lot know, a lot of celebrities, Mesut Ozil, Griezmann, etc. have been very vocal on the treatment or China's treatment of this particular Muslim community. community. And, you know, despite being a brand ambassador, ambassador since 2017 and featuring prominently on their adverts, in particular in France, he can't condone it, people, because, you know, there's been mistreatment and whatnot and he's got concerns over these re-education camps and what is quite frankly ethnic cleansing of a specific group of people in China really and truly and it is quite sickening but apparently following strong suspicions that Hawaii has contributed to the development of Igor's alert through the face through the use of facial recognition software I am immediately ending my partnership with the company the man Griezmann said on um, Instagram apologies people um, you know, I'm sure you all saw Deli Ali storm down the dressing room and he's hit a new low. He definitely has to go on loan in January or leave permanently to just go and play football again or to try and get in the Euros team. Jose said, let's not run away from reality. A player on the bench who realises all four, five subs have been used, of course, is not a happy player. And would I not expect him to be happy? Um, so, again, it's problems. And, you know, Harry Winks also headed straight to the change room. And apparently Jose said, I told him to go. I told every player that left the pitch to go because when the weather is, is cold, I prefer they go to the dressing room and have a shower. I told them to go. Some prefer to stay. Winks decided to go. And I'm happy with that because I'm the one that told him to do that. And, you know, Jose wasn't too happy when apparently he told Harry Winks to say he meant that goal in the last week. But Deli Ali's hit a new low. He's already hit a new low. You know, again, football's weird. If there's a couple injuries at Spurs, you get your opportunity. 
opportunity you can do what you want you know there's still ability there do i think daily ali is end on no but he needs to look at his spurs teammate you know then came on the one manager thought it was going to be a wavy thing then it looked like end on days were numbered now he's one of the first names on the team sheet so jose is a bit weird with how he carries on sometimes but there is if you if you tailor your game and, and, and arcs of what it demands, you know, do what he demands, you can get back in the lineup. But it's all down to you really and truly. Um finally people, you know, I, I personally I think journalists and referees are the most protected people. I think fan channels and people like myself that make content were criticized. Players are criticized, clubs are criticized, management are criticized, you know. But I don't I think it's illegal to say can refs do better in in naturally naturally everyone can do better across every bit of their jobs, but it seems like refs it's always are oh, they're human, it's a mistake, and I get that. But sometimes I've had concerns about the fitness of referees, the decision making, the consistency, just down right the ability and it seems championship clubs have, have, have had enough as well apparently championship clubs have reportedly demanded a crisis meet a crisis meeting with referees chief mike riley after complaining about the poor standard of officiating this season second tier clubs have concerns over the fitness of referees taking charge of games and also believe blatant mistakes have been made the issue of refereeing standard dominated thursday's championship meeting clubs are reportedly unhappy about the standard of officiating this season they say refs aren't fit enough and blatant mistakes are being made um it, and obviously a bulk of this came off of after um, norwich complained to the efl and the fa about referee darren england so again you know i don't think they're above criticism i think referees they should be criticized and I, I agree because at the end of the day people are fighting to stay in the division get promoted keep jobs and all not we can't afford they can't afford for consistent mistakes obviously you have to afford for a degree of a degree of human a degree of human error um for it for a degree for a degree of a degree of human error um but you know when it's happening consistently it's a problem so it is what it is in that regards um so yeah man we'll have to see what happens in relation to the premier league but in relation to this podcast that's that's it really i've got nothing more to speak about it's been a slow news day or a nose news week as i said deluded podcast will be back again on monday if you've not if you know if you haven't got enough of your dg fix and you want more content then head over to my youtube channel you know all links are in the description i've got youtube i've got blogs we've got you know there's other episodes of this there's things you can do people make sure you're following across all socials and more importantly than that please stay safe on that note, DG, I'm out. God bless. Thank you. Thank you for listening.